Good morning. It is time to get up with the most meaningful marriage in sports memory. Can Peyton resurrect Russ and run the Broncos back to the bowl? Meanwhile, hold everything. Did you hear what Aaron said yesterday? It sounds more than ever like his long-term marriage is very much on the rocks. And then, oh, what a night as the king conquers the world's most famous arena and sits now on the absolute doorstep of history. All that and more as we get up with you starting right now. Take a look. Diana Rossini has made her She's got all the insight. Neek is ready to go. Chris Canty back-to-back days. What a delight. And the one, the only, Teddy Bruski is with us. All right, we're going to hit some people. But we start with the game of the night last night. World's most famous arena, LeBron and the Lakers visiting the Knicks. Final seconds of the half. Dennis Schroeder. Does anyone think this reminds them of the Joe Burrow play from last week? Not take a look. even a little bit. No, take, a look. A, little take a look. Take a look. A little spin. Oh, the spin. The okay. Spin move. I'm not even looking. And oh, as casual as can be. Very swaggy, though. A Very little fair. Joe Burrow. Schroeder had 12. Now let's go to the fourth quarter. Great game. Lakers, a three point lead. LeBron. Ooh. Thomas Bryant on the dish. And with that, LeBron passes Steve Nash. He's fourth all time in assists. LeBron is to go with all the points. Two minutes to go, fourth quarter. Lakers up three. LeBron, yes, his first triple-double of the year. Lakers up six. 28 seconds to go. Jalen Brunson had a great night. Led all scorers with 37. We're tied at 114. After a Laker timeout, nine seconds to play. Remember the controversial non-call on them the other night. Anthony Davis called for the charge. Canty, good call? Uh, Yeah, it's a good call. They reviewed it. As a Lakers fan, I hate to admit that, but ultimately teed up overtime for LeBron to continue to show more greatness. Davis can't believe it, but it does appear to be the right call. First possession of overtime. Russell Westbrook. LeBron. Yes, he had 28 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Lakers by two. Just over a minute later. Lakers tie game. Dennis Schroeder. Not for long. Lakers by three. 24 seconds to go in the overtime. Lakers by four. Looking to put it away. Schroeder. LeBron. Say goodnight, New York. The Lakers come into the garden and come away with a win. Again, LeBron's first triple-double of the year. And after, the King spoke. I didn't get to this point in my career by thinking about, you know, you know, records or how many points I have or whatever the case may be. I just played the game the right way. I approached the game every night only trying to be a triple threat by you know, scoring, rebounding, assisting, you know, defending. And then, you know, later, you know, made the chips fall where they may. So I think maybe if I get, when I get close, super duper close, maybe it'll be in the back of my mind or in the front of my mind. But I don't ever put that type of pressure on myself. I just go out and play. Pretty super duper close. <laughs> okay. He's now just 89 points mm. away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And I will repeat what I just said. As of last night, he's fourth in assists. Mm. Mm. LeBron James' career has is just, I don't even know. I don't have the adjectives. Maybe Monica McNutt does. She will be in our studio a little later in this hour with all of her thoughts on last night's game. Now. To the story of the day, one of the biggest stories of the entire NFL offseason, the Broncos agreeing to a trade with the Saints that will result in Sean Payton becoming the new head coach in Denver. Saints are going to get the Broncos' first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year for Payton and a later third-round pick. Now, remember, the Broncos already traded away a bunch of picks for Russell Wilson, too. So, they're going all in, but here's the reason why. Sean Payton's teams have averaged 27.5 points per game highest average for any coach in NFL history that's even bigger a deal considering he'll try and fix a Broncos team 
that was last in scoring last year at just under 17 points per game. So, Diana, I, I know that you have been in communication yeah. with Sean throughout this process. It felt to us from afar like it was trending towards happening, then it was trending towards not happening, and yesterday it happened. Take us through it. How did it happen? Coaches like this aren't often available, right? So you knew Denver was going to do everything to try to lock him up. Going back two weeks ago, back on January 17th, when Peyton was first available to speak, Denver was the first team he wanted to meet with. And he met with them out in California, and I spoke to him right after that meeting. He he was really impressed. And the sense I got from Peyton through this entire process when he was meeting with all these different teams wasn't so much him being interviewed. It felt like he was interviewing the teams, mm-hmm. the ownership, to make sure it was the right match for him because he had such a strong relationship with ownership in New Orleans. And that is exactly what he wants. And he also wants a lot of control. And that's exactly what Sean Payton got. And that's what Denver was willing to give to him. And it was important for him to get to know Russell Wilson before he made this decision. So they spoke over the phone and they had conversations about goals, what they wanted to accomplish, and really to just get to know each other a little bit. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, they've got a really good relationship. They both have houses down in San Diego together. They've spent time together. You know, Russell's probably spoken to Drew a little bit about what can I expect from Sean Payton. But... I also spoke with Peyton after he spoke with Russ, and he, and he said he, he was really impressed with the drive and the focus and really the, a little bit of the chip that Russ has. And he wants to prove to the world that he can do this, and he's still the Russell Wilson that we've been talking about over the years who was close to winning almost two Super Bowls, right? One, one different call, yeah. he would have two Super Bowl rings right now. So in terms of a marriage with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, so far it seems like things are off to a good start. It, it seems hard to imagine despite how badly everyone would obviously want Sean Payton, when you consider the um, commitment that the Broncos have made to Russell Wilson, that he wasn't involved in this in some way, that, that, that he wasn't consulted. If he didn't feel Sean Payton was the right coach, it seems hard to imagine they would have forced that on them. I, I don't get the sense that Russell had a call here. Mm-hmm. I, I did not get the sense here. I got the sense that the Denver Broncos ownership said, we need somebody in here who's not only won before, Uh who's established, who's a quarterback guru, and who can really be the face of this Denver Broncos team. And what bigger star who's available than Sean Payton? And, And when you take a look at this building now, yes, Russell is who he is. He's got the Super Bowl ring. He is Russell Wilson. But at the end, this is going to be Sean Payton's team. He's going to be the one making all the decisions. Nathaniel Hackett famously said when he took the job, whatever Russell Wilson wants, Russell's going to get. Mm-hmm. Guess what? <laughs> whatever Sean Payton wants is what Sean Payton's going to get now. And I think Russell's going to be going to find out pretty quickly that's how he runs it. Well, that's a fascinating way of, of, of sort of framing this, that the, the Broncos for the last year have been Russell Wilson's team. And now, as of yesterday, they are Sean Payton's team. <laughs> and the key will be how they coexist. Teddy, I'll start with you because we haven't had you in a long time here. The question people are going to ask is, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? What's the answer? Yeah, I, I, he, he, he not only can fix Russell Wilson, Greeny, but he can fix the entire team because the relationship everybody's going to focus on is Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And Sean Payton has got a lot of Bill Parcells background and the whole Bill Parcells of not having celebrity quarterbacks and how you deal with guys. Sean Payton has got that mean streak to him, too. That's what the organization and the team needs. And why I say this can have an immediate impact is because if I'm a player in that locker room and say I'm a vet like Canty knows and Neek knows when 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 head coaches are making decision decisions we go through our own head and we're like yeah that's what I do that's what I do to have Hackett last year and some of the thing that he was doing is like what 
you think to yourself, what is going on around here? You think that way as a veteran player, so now you feel comfortable immediately that you got a guy that's coming in that you know is going to make the right decisions, that gives you a chance to win, and I'm going to play harder for him. So, so here's one of the things that I think is worth saying. That when you look back on Sean Payton and Drew Brees together, and it actually—you almost want to have a memory of it as it was sort of easy to foresee coming. I mean, people forget Drew Brees was a player that the entire NFL, like save for one team, decided was too big an injury risk. Yep. So. I don't want to say Sean Payton made Drew Brees a great player. Drew Brees became a great player because he was a great player and he worked hard. But Sean Payton had a lot to do with that, and the question is, can he do the same thing with It Russell? was them together, and it wasn't just that Drew Brees' shoulder was an issue. If you remember, the Chargers went and drafted Phillip Rivers. Right. So that was before Drew Brees hurt his shoulder. They were done with him before then. So it was he was a reclamation project in the same way that uh, Russell Wilson kind of feels like he is, he is in this situation also. I think Sean Payton is the right guy for the job in this situation. The most important thing in this situation is not the like the sexy Sean Payton and Russell Wilson conversation. It's that defense to me. That defense can come back and play as well as they've played recently. That gives Sean Payton and Russell all the breathing room they need to develop a, a more efficient offense. So, Canty, help me here on this piece of it because here's, here's what I will say, just as an observer of the sport, obviously, all of my life, that Russell Wilson and Drew Brees have one thing in common, and that is that neither of them are especially tall, right? They're yeah. shorter by quarterback standards. To me, at least, it feels like the similarities end there. You watch the way Drew Brees played, and you watch the way Russell Wilson played at his best. No two guys seemed less similar. So the question is, whatever it is that Sean was doing that worked offensively in New Orleans, is that going to be the same things that work for Russell Wilson? Well, I think that's what Russell Wilson is going to have to embrace because we've come to know him as a quarterback that plays outside of the structure of the offense. He likes to hold on to the football, which is why he takes a lot of sacks. If you look at his snap-to-throw time this year, bottom three in qualified quarterbacks. Now, you look at Drew Brees the last five years with Sean Payton, Less than 2.5 seconds, he's getting the ball out of his hands. So that would be top five in this year's NFL season. So that means that Russell Wilson is going to have to embrace the structure of Sean Payton's offense and stop trying to play outside of that. I get that that's what Russell Wilson became known for, how he's had a lot of success in this league, but he's got to embrace the fact that he's a different quarterback right now. And I think that's going to be what tells the tale in terms of whether or not this marriage works. Yeah, the offense in Denver right now right now is in a big ball and it's being thrown out in the garbage can because it's going to be Sean Payton's offense. That's what you're going to see here. And look, we can sit here and talk all day what Sean did for Drew and Drew did for Sean. I think the bigger picture is what Sean Payton did for the New Orleans Saints as an organization. Yeah. You forget what they were yeah. before he arrived because it just seems like they've always been in it over the last few years. And you forget it's when he became the head of it, the face of it. That's when things started to improve, which is why he's so beloved there. Granted, I know there are still yeah. conversations to be had sometimes that they only won one, right? Yeah. But they, they have a lot of division titles. Jump in, Teddy. Yeah, I think Sean Payton is going to go into this team and really start realizing when he when he when he starts to hear about how what was going going on last year. Like, what do you mean that's the way it was? I mean, if you, he's going to be shocked when he goes in there and hears about what was going on last season. I think he's going to push a big reset button on the entire team and organization, and especially Russell Wilson, because I think priorities got to be reset with Russell Wilson, too, and Sean Payton's mm. the guy that can mm. do that in terms of, all right, I understand what your goals were in the past uh, couple years, okay? You wanted the clout of the contract. You wanted the clout of the attention, the organization saying, yeah, you are our guy. It's you or nobody else. And so I think he got caught up a little bit. 
bring in Sean Payton in. You you reset your goals. I mean, he he reassesses. He will reassess everything and get Russell right in terms of thinking the right way. That those other things that were important to Russ the last couple of years are now down on the back burner. It's about winning football games now again. Yeah, I see Sean Payton's offense, and we talk about the short, the time to throw and those things with Drew Brees. Some of that was part of Drew Brees' limitations. I don't know that we've seen Sean Payton's offense and its full strength in a yeah. while, so this might be an upgrade. We might see some new things out of them, but the one big issue, aside from them addressing this defense and keeping them intact and playing well, the one thing that Sean Payton, no matter all these conversations he has and like goals he reassesses, the one thing that he can't change, Patrick Mahomes still in that division. Right. Well, so that's part of the reality, right, that they are facing here, is that he takes a step now into what is, well, what we thought was going to be the most competitive (laughs) division in pro football history. It didn't go that way, in large part because of Denver's disappointing season and the Raiders' extremely disappointing season. And, yes, uh, the the, the specter of Mahomes, who's, you know, in the Super Bowl again and figures to be every other year for the next 15 years, (laughs) is in his his division. Tony Kornheiser was talking about that on PTI yesterday, had some interesting thoughts. Cindy, let's play that. Here's Tony yesterday. You're walking into a division where the Kansas City Chiefs have been to five straight AFC championship games. They are as close to a dynasty in the West, in the AFC as is possible. And in, it, with the Chargers, you've got an up-and-coming team and you've got a quarterback in Justin Herbert that may be a great quarterback. If I am Sean Payton, I would have waited. We've talked about this before. Wait for the Chargers. Maybe wait for the Cowboys. So, all right, so Tony brings that. He voices something that I think a lot of us Pump were the thinking. Breaks on the dynasty I, I, word. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can say that, he can. Oh, come on, man. He said closest to the He said closest to the He said closest I was the one who said dynasty there, Teddy. Okay. So, yeah, the that, that, so, I'm sorry, Ted. You're my guy. But they're, they're, they are close. They note, are close. Note That's to self. David McKinnon is the producer of this show. At some point in this hour, we are coming back to that, and we are asking Teddy what the Chiefs must do for him to consider them. At what point will he be willing to consider oh them a God. dynasty? We have more to do on this conversation, but we are coming back to that. We'll kill everything <laughs> between now and the end of the hour to get back to that. Except Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Yeah. We're not killing that. Oh, God. Here you go. but, but here's Please. the thing. Diana, yeah. I would have bet you my last dollar he was going to wind up the coach of the Chargers. I think he wanted Herbert. That, that's what everybody yeah. thought. Yeah. Weather, everything else. Cowboys, because for all the obvious reasons, he was attached to them a million times yeah. over. How close, if at all, did it, that ever come? I'll tell you right now. The L.A. Chargers and the Dallas Cowboys never called Sean Payton. They never had a conversation with him mm. about an opportunity to whether that meant to take over for Brandon Staley if they decided to move on. The Chargers were sticking with Steely. Which they were, is wild. They, they're sticking with, they were sticking with it. And, and Dallas never reached out to, to, to Peyton about that job to take over because they're mm. sticking with Mike McCarthy. So while it made sense, and I think we all thought that this was going to be part of this waiting period where, you know, when, when is Jerry going to say, all right, we're, we're doing it. We're just going to pull the trigger and go with Sean Payton. That, that, is, that is not obviously what happened. And, and Sean wasn't going to be willing to wait out another year yeah. to see what happens and evolves there in, in Dallas for that job. I mean, when, if, you're, if when, you're, uh, when you're a coach as successful as he's been, and frankly, when you're any coach, your ego is enormous. So the idea that like, I understand the logic behind Kornheiser's position, but the idea that any coach is going to look at a division and be like, oh, no, I'm scared it, of that. No, no, okay. Okay, hold on, time out, time out, time out. 
We have major breaking news. Oh. Uh, it, within the last moment, and, and you are finding this out as I am, we're going to have to put the tweet on the screen because I haven't seen it. I've just been told in my ear what it is. I am being told that Tom Brady has announced that he is retiring from football for good. He tweeted out a video in which he says that. This is literally, I am, I am literally being told this in my wow. ear as we speak, mm. so I can fill in no further detail because I don't have it, but I am told that there is a, and we can, Cindy, come back out to everybody here because let's just get everyone, particularly Teddy, um, because that, that's obviously enormous news. I think generally speaking, most of us thought, that, Diane, if you want to run off and make phone calls, I'll, I will understand and, and come back and give us whatever you can get. Um, this is literally being told to me as we go that Tom Brady has released a video in which he says he is retiring for good. Fink and, and David, am I getting that right? I mean, that, that, that's the information that I have. Teddy Bruschi, you were his teammate a long time. I know you consider him one of your closest friends. What is your initial reaction to this news, which we are literally getting as we speak? I guess my initial reaction is, why didn't I believe him when he told me? Every single time that we spoke, it, whether it was on air or off air, uh, about, about, dude, I'm going to play until Tom I'm Brady 45. Retired. I'm going to play until oh, I'm 45. Oh, no. When I'm 45, that's it. And I didn't think he'd make it even to 45. And so <laughs> those type of conversations that are going through my mind right now when he finally announces this, that, okay, I guess, I guess he, was, he was serious the entire time. So, yeah, I'm... Um, I think the league <laughs> is going to be different now without the standard being there um, in, at the quarterback position. I don't think that, I think that, man, it's, it's, it's not shocking, but still, you, you never know what's coming. I know we had the whole thing last year also that he was retiring and then he came back. Is this real? I think it's, it's absolutely real if he's saying this is, this is time. I mean, 45 years old, what he's done has been absolutely incredible. I know he didn't want to end this way. I know he would rather have uh, ended with a deeper run in the playoffs. But I think his, um, his old belief of the next championship, okay, the, the, the best championship is always the next one. And I think now he can finally sort of look back and say that all of them were great and they were all his favorites. So, I mean, it's something that, you know, we're all going to miss watching him play, but I, I congratulate him on such a, such a fantastic career, and I'm happy for my friend. All right, that's well said. Uh, Diana jumped up and made phone calls and came back. I, we're going to get to you in a second, but I, I'm told we have the video so we can play it. This is Tom Brady on, on his own social media making this announcement within the last five minutes or so. Let's play it. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Well, you can see the emotion there. Again, Teddy, you know him well. What, what, talk to me, what, what did you just see? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to watch too because it's, I mean, if I, you know, I sort of want to be right there and be a friend for him and give him a hug and tell him congratulations to his face, but um, you, you just know how much it meant to him um, to, to compete, 
to compete for a championship, and that was always what it was. It was just competing to win a championship with a team. That's what it was for him all the time. And uh, I'm sort of emotional myself right now because to see him like that, I've been <laughs> in conversations with him like that when I, I've been face-to-face -face with him and he's, he's overcome with emotion. It's just about either the joy or the pain or everything that we went through together when he was you know, a teammate of mine at the New England Patriots. And, and ever since then, just the love that he had for all of his teammates was always, was always immense. And I think you can see that in that video right there, how much the, the game of football meant to him and to walk away from it. Uh, of course, he's short-worded there because, hey, I did this last year. I'm not going to do this again and get all emotional. But uh, um, that's my buddy right there, and congratulations to him. And Tommy, I love you. We, we will all we have plenty of extra time now, I'm being told. So stay with us here. We're not taking a break. We are going to go through here for a bit with the enormous news that Tom Brady has announced. And you just saw it there a moment ago in an emo, on a brief but emotional video that he is retiring from professional football. I'll say quickly and then I want all the members of the group here to chime in. That's more important. I've been a, a, a sports. I've covered sports for 30 years and I've been a fan of the sport for 50 years. And uh, Tom, it was a privilege to document your career. I, there was, there was, despite the fact that I literally never rooted for your team in any game that you ever played, um, <laughs> there is no player I've ever seen that I admired more. There's no player who I thought was more dedicated to being as great as he could be than Tom Brady was throughout. And we talked about players who never cheated the game. I feel like this conversation just came up. Oh, LeBron, and, and LeBron James, uh, Jalen was talking about how um, LeBron has never cheated the game. You want to talk about not cheating the game. Tom Brady did absolutely everything he could and then some to make himself what he is, which is on the very short list of the greatest players in the history of North American professional sports and probably well beyond that, and an icon and will be one for life. So it was a privilege to follow and watch and document um, everything he has done from the moment he first stepped foot on that field. Now, Diana, you jumped up and ran out of the room and were making calls and whatnot. Is there anything more you can add? Yeah, I, I was just trying to, to reach out to people around the league, how they heard, if they heard, if he made it, anything formal with the Tampa Bay Bucks to let them know. And, and the, the sense I'm getting is, is, is Tom just made this decision. He just made the video. Uh, and obviously watching that video, I don't think that was something that you make one, two, three different tries that look like as raw yeah. as it comes. You know, and, and, and last year when, when he retired for those few days, it, it really never felt real as much as we covered it and as much as he put together the essay and, and, and people in the know and everyone that was close to him said, you yeah, know, this is it. it. It just didn't. This feels as real as it's ever been. And you take a look back at his life professionally and personally in the last year, and it seemed like it was an uphill battle. It was a challenge. Um, our Jeff Darlington did an incredible essay about this over the weekend and basically said everybody needs to just give Tom Brady some space right now as he tries to gather his emotions and thoughts and, and, and figure out what he wants to do next with his personal life being very difficult and challenging as, we, as we've seen. He, he lost weight this last year. Mm. Uh, these are all little nuggets that, that Jeff had reported and just really uh, emphasizing how hard this year was. And, and I, I'm sure this year did not go the way he, he thought this was going to play out when he decided to come out of retirement mm -hmm. to give it another go. And, and we know how difficult this has been. When we watched the man in the arena, you and I discussed this a bunch of times, uh, the emotion that he shared, the transparency about how 
the, the demons that he fights in his head that he was hoping not to pass on to his children, the passion he has, and that this was something that has made him great, but also became the worst thing for him in, in the same way. So um, th that video, I've seen a lot of retirement videos over the last few years, especially with social media. That one, that one will that will be the most memorable one I think I'll ever see. I'm, David, am I getting this right? It was one year ago today that he announced that retirement the first time. So one year ago today he announced the retirement that, Diana, I agree with you, just never quite felt right. Mm. And, yeah. and th this feels entirely different. Dominique, what are your yeah. thoughts? No, I mean, uh, it's hard to talk about a career like this without, like, falling into cliché. Because, like, the clichés are built around things like this. This is it. Like, this is the end of an era. It's an end of an era for professional football. And so many times with great players, we see them kind of fade away. They go to other teams and they're not quite as good as they were. They're not competitive. And then we kind of have a slow goodbye. Like Tom Brady's always been competitive. Even up until last year, they were in the playoffs. It wasn't a great team, but he wasn't bad. He was still near the top of the league as far as the raw numbers are concerned. So to, to have him leave does feel like an end, an era, end of an era. And to the point you were making about him dealing with the demons and whatever, I, I think often about how nothing is free and everything has a price. And as great as his career was, you have to assume that there was a commensurate price on the other side that he paid. And we all benefited from that for, for the entertainment. Some of us, Mike, I'm sorry, <laughs> had, to, no, had to suffer. That's, that's their what team. sports are about, yeah. though. That's what makes sports great. He kicked my team's butt for t 20 years, <laughs> and, and it was a privilege to watch him do it. Yeah. Can I just tell you, the, the, the feeling right now here on the desk, because we're all having a conversation, we all love the sport. I feel sadness right now, yeah. right? Yeah. This isn't yeah. a celebratory yeah. retirement where we're saying and going through all his achievements and making it almost feel like a highlight video. We're all sitting here, I think, a little crushed, knowing that we're never going to see Tom Brady on the field again. We can put our analysts and reporters' you know, titles aside here yeah. and know that the, the game is losing the greatest. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, go ahead, Teddy, go. Yeah, Diana, it's because um, – you get you get in the feeling of the the man who set the standard is walking away, and and I'm not only talking about the standard in quarterback play, but I'm talking the standard for entire locker rooms to look to and like, man, I I don't know if I can hold that standard because of the dedication and I don't know what the word addiction may be in terms of <laughs> the entire process of 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 preparing and sustaining and maintaining. Um, Oh, those three words, okay, they're, they're entirely different, okay, to prepare for a game, okay, to maintain it for a long, for two decades plus of time and sustaining a level of, you know, MVP caliber play. He was, you know, second in MVP voting, I think it was last year. It's, it's to, to say, sustain that for this long, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I mean, and I was with him, and I won multiple championships and lost Super Bowls with him and constantly watching him. And I think the best story I have about Tom Brady's addiction to winning is the one when we were in the Pro Bowl together after our third championship, um, after we beat the Eagles. And it's when you're at the Pro Bowl, and it's it's back when you played in the Pro Bowl, and then every team is introduced, and their and their Pro Bowl representatives are introduced, and we we were the last ones in the locker room. I think it was myself, Richard Seymour, Adam Vinatieri, uh, Larry Izzo, and Tom looks at all of us and he says, you know, no one's ever won three in a row. 
I still had I still had confetti. I still had confetti on the bottom of my cleats. And we're looking at Tom like, dude, we just we just had the parade, man. Can we just go out here and they're about to announce us as world champions and let's just play the Pro Bowl first? He, he wasn't there. It was it was always about the next one. And it was almost flabbergasting to us, like, dude, bro. I mean, I still got confetti on the bottom of my cleats, man. Let's take a break. But that, that, was the, that was the addiction. That was him always looking to win at everything. And the championship and raising Lombardi was all it was about. And that's why. It's like, that's gone. That's gone. Who? I mean, Mahomes got to look up to him. I'm, I'm sure Burroughs talked about the images of Brady sliding and then the helmet popping off his, his head and then all of these things that are flashing into my mind right now of players talking about the impact Tom Brady as a motivation on how to prepare and get ready to play this sport. That's why, Diana, that's gone now. And I think some of these quarterbacks have to look at uh, this, is, this is something you have to now carry and it's, it's virtually, it will be impossible to do. Hang on one second. I, I'm told I have Rob Ninkovich on the phone really quickly. Chris, I'll come to you in a second. But Ninko just called in for a brief moment. Another of Tom's longtime teammates in New England with whom he was extremely successful, obviously, all those years. Ninko, we've had these conversations here over the years. Your immediate, again, for those just joining us, Tom Brady has announced in an emotional, relatively short video on his own social media that he is retiring for good from professional football. It is indeed the end of an era. Rob Ninkovich, again, you his teammate a long time in New England. What are your thoughts this morning? Yeah, well, honestly, Greeny, I was, I was driving my kids to school. I had no idea that that had happened, and I got a bunch of text messages. And, you know, there's something about my birthday, I guess. It's my birthday today. This has happened two years in a row. It's crazy. Um, but honestly, to be 100% honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I really am that, that now that he can, he can move forward, and there is always a struggle with that decision. It's, it was the hardest decision I ever had to make was to walk away and leave the game because you've, you've been doing it your whole life. You love everything about it. It's competitive. There's nothing like it. You can't, you know, go play pickup football anywhere. You can't get that feeling again. There's nothing like that feeling. So, you know, for him to walk away from the game, for him to retire, yes, there is some sad aspects to that. It, it is sad. We're never going to see Tom Brady play football again. But as far as, you know, his life and him being able to, to move forward in another direction, um, there is a different aspect to, to life after football. You know, you have your family, you have your children, and those are the, the, the people that mean the most at the end of the day. Um, spending the time with your family, you know, because over the years, the sacrifice that Tom has made, number one is, is to his family, to his children. Um, you know, the, the hours that he had put in in preparation. And I think, uh, Bruce, Bruce said it best, you know, the, the consistency and, you know, the expectation, I, I would think back to just uh, regular seasons and I'm not even Tom Brady. I'm not even close to Tom Brady and the expectation and the pressure to perform Every single year would just, man, it, it was unbelievable, the, the drain that it brought on you. So for him to do it for the, the years that he has done it and to have the success that he's had and the, the commitment levels, it's just it's so commendable that he's been able to do that for so long. And, uh, you know, now, now I'm going to celebrate what he's been able to do. And then you also celebrate now he's – can move to the next phase of life. Now he can go and do something else and try to challenge himself in different ways. 
Um, and I think that's the one great thing about being an athlete. You're always looking for the next challenge. Really well said. Nanko, thanks a million for jumping in here, and we'll see you as the week goes on. What Tom Brady will find out now um, as he moves forward is that he's 45 years old. I'm sure he feels like a very old man because within the (laughs) framework of the people he's accustomed to being around, he's a very old man. He's going to take one step out that door and realize he's a very young man, and he has a a wonderful life ahead of him and all these options. We know he has the deal with Fox to go immediately and start broadcasting. Let me, because we're at the bottom of the hour, play the video again. And Chris, I promise I'm coming uh, but for those, I'm sure many are just joining us here, bottom of the hour or thereabouts um, here. This is Get Up on ESPN, and we just received the enormous news directly from Tom Brady that the greatest player, certainly the most decorated player in the history of professional football, is retiring for good. Here's Brady's own announcement from within the last 20 minutes. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So look, numbers will never fully tell the story of Tom Brady's career, but here are some of them. He won 251 regular season games and 35 playoff games, including seven Super Bowls. He threw 649 regular season touchdowns and eight, a ridiculous 88 more in the playoffs. You see the yardage. Again, numbers don't tell the story. Tom Brady's career is about so much more than numbers. The biggest number, of course, is the number seven for the number of Super Bowl rings that he will take with him from the sport. Chris Canty, uh, as you have sat here and and sort of had a chance to digest all this, what thoughts? There'll never be another. That, That was my thought. There will never be another. When you talk about his obsession for greatness, I don't know that there's going to be anybody that will be able to match that. We certainly haven't seen it in the past. I don't think we're going to see it in the future, Greeny, and it's reflected in his commitment to be at his best. He's a top competitor. There's no other way to explain how a guy can lead the league in completions and be third in passing yards at age 45 season. I had the privilege of playing against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and the one thing that I can say about him as a player is that his dominant trait is not something that you can see. In a game that's obsessed with measurables and physical dominant traits, Tom Brady's dominant traits is his competitive toughness, his competitive greatness. And to see him make this decision to walk away, it's clear that it's an emotional one for him. Ninko was talking about it with his own retirement and trying to find that right time, that right place to walk away. Greeny, let me tell you something. Most players, we're told that we have to walk away. We don't get a chance to make that decision for ourselves. Tom Brady's greatness and his commitment to greatness is reflected in the opportunity to have a chance to decide to walk away on his own terms in his 23rd season in the National Football League. And to me, that's what separates him from every other player that's ever put on pads and cleats. Yep. And he kept this really private. I'm texting with former teammates of him in New England, guys – uh, some, some still in the league, some, some retired, and, and 
they're just finding out right now. I one player said, I actually don't believe it, <laughs> which I said, believe it, it's yeah, real. Go, yeah. go to Twitter, check out the video. So, you know, everyone is just finding out. Yeah, th- th- no, that video, I believe, uh, like he, he is the standard. Right? I mean, every now and again, someone comes along who is the standard and for the foreseeable future will be the standard against whom everyone else is measured. And Tom Brady is that in football and maybe well beyond. Do I have Jeff? Is that what I'm told? All right, I have Jeff Darlington. Uh, obviously, Diana, you know Jeff so well. Jeff Darlington has covered and documented so much with Tom Brady, has had a good relationship with him, done any number of um, you know, really intimate uh, reporting when it comes to Tom over the years. Again, you saw the video here. Jeff, what can you share? Well, Greeny, I can tell you that uh, this was a decision that he informed the Bucks of this morning at 6 a.m. Uh, they, too, not necessarily caught off guard by the decision, but slightly caught off guard by the timing. This was, as Diana mentioned, something that he really wanted to contemplate in his own head and come to a decision on his own. Uh, one thing that I want to emphasize that I had been kind of saying the past several weeks or months was that this was really going to come down to the Bucks or retirement, which is something that I think a lot of people had difficulty believing based on the fact that the Bucks retirement or Bucks roster wasn't shaped necessarily for success coming this season. But he believed that he wanted to be part of the solution if ultimately he did wind up continuing to play. Uh, I think that's an interesting component here. He was not necessarily planning to play the free agency market. Now, he did in his head... Uh, He did go over the options. He thought about all the different scenarios, the 49ers, even the Patriots at one point, someone had expressed to him the idea of going back to the Patriots, to which he quickly was like, it ain't happening. Uh, The Dolphins was not happening. It was always going to be, in his head, playing for the Bucs or retiring. And today we find out exactly what that decision was. Isn't that interesting? You didn't mention the Raiders, and, and that was a team with which he had been connected. Again, maybe necess- not necessarily by people in the know, but you connect dots. You think about uh, the celebrity factor. You think about whatever relationships he has out there, Dana White, et cetera. Maybe most specifically, you think about Josh McDaniels, who was his offensive coordinator. So you're telling me that really wasn't ever something he strongly considered. When it comes to the Raiders, the, overstate, the overstated component there was the Josh McDaniels connection. It wasn't as if I ever felt like Tom Brady and Josh were like, we're going to get a reunion going. That wasn't something that I ever foreseen, nor do I think Tom did. The Mark mm-hmm. Davis connection with the Raiders was the one that actually was probably strongest. Uh, Mark Davis has a great affinity for Tom Brady, and I think that he would have thrown whatever he could at Brady uh, to, to find a way to get him to Las Vegas. And, you know, whether that was in the form of some kind of ownership type of situation. Now, I'm not saying that those discussions ever happened. I'm just saying that that was the affinity that Mark Davis had for Tom Brady. But ultimately, Brady saying, I'm not going to Vegas. I'm not doing any of that. It's either the Bucks or retire. Jeff Carlington, outstanding. Thank you. Stay close by as you continue to get more information. And Diana's working it all. And I believe we'll have Shefty coming up in a little bit as well. Yeah, Chris. No, I was just simply saying he's going to have opportunities if he wanted to play and continue his career this year. And the fact that he's getting a chance to walk away on his own terms is something that doesn't happen for the majority of players in the National Football League. You're usually told you can't play because of declining skills somewhere in your 30s. We're talking about a guy in his Mm mid-40s deciding on his own that he doesn't want to play in the NFL. Yeah, I think we all need to appreciate how unlikely all of this was and, like, how all the randomness that went into this, like, landing with Belichick, landing with players like Brewski and and having all those guys come together and then finding an opportunity in Tampa Bay. Like, this 
was something that Tom Brady accomplished and all the things that he's accomplished he deserves credit for, but it was not alone. It was with a bunch of teammates and with a bunch of support that I'm sure that he brought up in that and I'm sure he would want us to appreciate. But now the, the next obstacle is going to be the first major one that he has to attack by himself. And I know we all are happy for him, but transitions are hard for everyone, particularly for players. Transitions are very hard. And a player like Tom Brady who <laughs> yeah. you, you say his a whole adult, like like all of us are like, since I played football since I was a kid until the time I was in my 30s or something, I retired. And then even if you expect a transition, which I did, expect the transition to be easy, it's still hard. He played from the time he was a kid all the way through <laughs> till he was 45. And now he's going to have to try to do something else. And this is going to be the first time that he can't do it with the team. No one can transition for him. All right, let me, I have to leave it here a minute. We're going to take our first break of the morning. We, we, will, we will be on this all morning long. Again, it is about as significant a news as you could possibly have in pro football. Go ahead, Cindy. We can roll it. Tom Brady announcing himself in an emotional video that he is stepping away from professional football for good. The most decorated player in the history of the sport says goodbye. Our coverage continues in just a moment. This is Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We are back on Get Up with our wall-to-wall coverage of the enormous breaking news, and we welcome those of you joining us on ESPN and ESPN2. Tom Brady has announced in a brief but very emotional video this morning on his own social media that he is retiring for good. Coincidentally, perhaps it comes on the one-year anniversary of the day that he announced his retirement a year ago. And as we have said repeatedly on this desk this morning, it just never felt right last year. If if and when you see the video, and I'll play it for you again shortly if you're just joining us, there's no question about it this time. A very emotional Tom Brady making it clear that he is done. Uh, We've heard this morning from Teddy Bruschi, his longtime teammate. Rob Ninkovich, another of his longtime teammates. How about one of his longtime foils? 
I think it is reasonable to say Tom Brady didn't beat anybody in big games more times than he beat Rex Ryan. And I mean that uh, with all the, all the respect in the world. Rex coaching in that division for so many years and our teammate and colleague now here at ESPN. Rex, when you first saw that this morning, Tom Brady announcing he's stepping away from the game for good, what was the first thought that went through your mind? Uh, my first thought was, you know, good for him. You know, he, uh, he left this game, you know, on, on his – on his own, he never needed the, you know, his, his skills. Uh, he, he was still at the top of his game, maybe not the top, but close. And, you know, he did set a NFL record for most pass attempts, most completions this year. And that's how he's going out. But, uh, to me, he's the, the, without question, the greatest of all time that ever played the game. You know, I had the fortune and misfortune at the same time of, of coaching against this guy more than any any other coach. Um, and I'll tell you this, he was um, an amazing competitor. Not only, you know, a, a talent and all that, but his competitiveness was unreal. And he would just, you know, he was so hard to beat. And I could just tell you that, his preparation, all the things that went into it, that's the thing that, uh, that I'll remember most about him. Um, but the thing is, you know, right now he's he's moving on to a to another stage in his life, and, and good for him, man. Good for him. And um, you know, I kind of wish he would have retired like twenty years earlier. Uh, <laughs> that would have helped me out a hell of a lot. But uh, but you know, that was it, man. This was, you know, we're all fortunate to to see this. This is the greatest of all time. And you know, we got a lot of great players in this league, and. And every year they, you know, they're outstanding. But I don't think we'll ever see another Tom Brady. Rex, you are yourself with, I think, in everyone's estimation, one of the great defensive coaches in the history of professional football. You prepared for a lot of great quarterbacks. You put in game plans and got teams ready to play against a lot of great quarterbacks. How would you describe the particular challenge of getting your defense ready to play against Tom Brady? Well, Greeny, I, I just think that for so many times, you know, you could move the chess pieces, you know, pieces to your advantage. You could bait teams. You could do all that stuff. But if you were going to beat Tom Brady, you had to be, you had to be at your best, you know, without question, not, not even close. The challenge he put on a coach was, was second to none. And that's, that's what I think of Tom Brady when, you know, I wanted to make dang sure that we were always at our best. You know, I always thought that, but there was something, there was something special going against Tom Brady that I knew like his preparation. Uh, I mean, there's the only guy I can think of was Peyton Manning. That was close to him preparation wise. And, and that was it. And if you, if you showed him something one time, you weren't going to get away with it the second time. So that's, that's the way you had to prepare against this guy. And, um, the other thing, though, that you couldn't prepare uh, against was how he elevated his teammates, how, how he was the toughest damn guy on the field, too. And I think Brew could talk about that as well. This dude was tough as hell, and, you know, mentally, physically, and all that. But, man, he was, I mean, the durability. Like, he, he's playing in games that probably nobody else would play in, but he'd still play. He'd find a way. His movement, you know, nobody thinks of him as a great athlete, but his pocket awareness and, and movement skills, the way he protected the football, 
uh, it just set them apart, man. And and uh, like I say, I was blessed to coach against them, but also uh, unfortunate to coach against them. Rex, you're the best for jumping in here. Thank you so much, my friend, for sharing your thoughts today. Again, it's a huge day, and no one coached more games. It is actually um, it is a, a literal statistic. No one coached more games against Tom Brady than Rex Ryan did. Let me bring it to the desk here. Let me come to Teddy, you know, because he, Rex just used a good phrase, elevated his teammates. Now, Teddy, you were on a New England team that went to the Super Bowl before Tom Brady became the quarterback with Bledsoe against Green Bay back in the mm-hmm. late 90s, the Parcells team. And then you saw this young kid come in, take over because of an injury, and then the rest was history. How would you describe the way he took over the role of someone who became the leader of that team ultimately and the way he elevated teammates? Yeah, well, I saw him grow into it because I think he did oh, – see – I just had the pleasure of watching him start from day one and who he was when he came in and then who he was eventually becoming an MVP. And he was humble enough when he started out to defer. So it wasn't like, boom, this guy's a leader. You're a top pick. You have to lead the team. He came in after Drew got hurt, and all of a sudden he sees leaders that are already on the team, and he deferred and he learned. I think that's what, what was brilliant of him also, understanding the situation that he was in. And then turning into the leader that really captured every teammate's sort of motivation onto why he should play. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that he took a vested interest in you as a person. Um, uh, a relationship he would form. He would be sincere about finding out who you were off the field. So he really believed in the people in the locker room and how I can't get you to believe in me or to play with us to win championships if we don't feel together. And the biggest way you can feel together is when you feel like you have a good relationship with the quarterback of the team, so-called. So I mean, so it's important. So that was important to him. All the way to when he transferred to Tampa Bay and then the whole, the whole shift on the athlete becoming more, I mean, into your phone and into social media. And that's when Tom Brady's social media presence sort of exploded to where all of his teammates, he'd tag them on social media, put them on his stories, everything. That's, that was just his way of trying to include everyone in the locker room that, that, hey, I'm old, but I'm still with you, and I still mm. understand where you are. That's what leadership is, see? Not, not really yelling at people and, and leading by example is important, but, like, bringing people together. I think the one word Tom would use all the time, even last year when he retired, and, and about what was important to him is the word relationship. And the way he formed relationship with all of his teammates was special in a way that brought everyone together and everyone wanted to play to win a football game. What an extraordinary uh, blessing it is for us to have Teddy with us today for the first time in months with all of these stories, and those will continue. I see Diana freak, uh, frantically <laughs> texting, and uh, not freakishly, but frantically oh. <laughs> 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 uh, texting. What kinds of things are you hearing from people? I, I'm just talking to, to players that are active in the league. They're all just finding out. All, also, coaches and their staffs, a lot of them are at the Senior Bowl right now. And it's, it's pretty much, I had one coach just say, this place is just shut down. Everyone is on their phones right now and just reacting. And I just followed up with, like, is, is there, like, a mood? And he said, yeah, it's a little sad. I said, yeah, we were just yeah. talking about that on the air right now. That I think the sadness is because I believe we feel that this is actually real, right? I, I don't think we need to have a discussion of 
Is he going to unretire? Right. Are we sure? Look, it could happen, right? This is Tom Brady. But mm -hmm. this feels like he is ready mentally, emotionally, personally to take that next transition to what he's going to do. It feels like the NFL flag is flying at half mass today, you know, with, with, with this news. But it's not a it's, look. This is not a sad day. Yeah. This is a day to celebrate. The fact, and you said it. You said it multiple times. Most players are told when they're much younger than he is. Actually, you are done. You may not yeah. realize it, but you're done. This is a day to celebrate a guy who got to do it his way, got to walk away on his own terms. I mean, there's cause for enormous celebration today. Super quickly. No doubt. I, I mean, you're right there, G. I mean, think about it. Tom Brady has been an NFL quarterback longer in his life than he hasn't been an NFL quarterback in yeah. his life. And this is a player that's had a Hall of Fame career in each of the three decades of his life that he's played. He's won three titles in his 20s, two titles in his 30s, and two titles in his 40s. We're not going to see anything like this ever again. Quickly. Yeah, I think you try to think of who his rival is. There's so many. And he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Yep. Right. He came back from down 28 to 3. Like, the, the legend of Tom Brady is, is real. Like, it's not – at this time, we're, we're not, like, inflating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real. I was just around Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, and I was just thinking to myself when I was talking to him, how many times is he going to be at a conference championship game? Tom Brady was in 14 of them. Yeah. Mm. Think about that number. It's mm. incredible. All right. I'm going to leave it there for a minute. I'm up against the beginning of a new hour. We have wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this again. The audience with us from ESPN and ESPN2. If you haven't seen it yet, we will start the hour by showing you the video once again. Tom Brady emotionally announcing he's retiring from pro football for good. I'm told Shefty will be with us as well. So Adam Shafter will have the very latest. Again, it is an enormous day in pro football. The end of an era. Tom Brady hanging him up. We'll be right back.